But it's good to have you here this morning. It's good to have our visitors. Good to have our home folk. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hey, let's just open this service this morning with prayer. And let's open with, we're going to worship the Lord this morning. We're going to rejoice that today is the day the Lord has made. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Lord, we thank you this morning as we come into your house, Lord, that we come on this day that you have made. Lord, we rejoice. We give you, Lord, we give you praise and honor today because you made this day specifically for us. God, you made this day for us to come and to assemble together and to worship you, God, to study your word, Lord, that we could receive what you have for us this morning, God. And we pray that you just open up the heavens, Lord, pour out your spirit. God, pour out your blessings. God, pour out everything that you have for us this morning, God, and open our hearts and our minds to receive, Lord. For this is your day, God, this day that you have designed and built for us, Lord, for us to receive and us to to be blessed, God, and for us also to bless you with our praise, God, and to bless you with our worship, and we do that this morning. We bless you and we love you, God, because you're worthy. God, you're deserving of our praise this morning. You're deserving of everything we give you because you love us so much. God, we exalt you and we glorify you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah.
morning to worship you, Lord. We are your children, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Into your hands I commit again. Thank you. 
is it you're wanting to do in my life today <laughs> thank you Lord 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 thank you Lord, thank you, Lord. how many of you the, what the Lord spoke to your heart it's something you'd like, to, you'd, you'd like to go ahead and ask him to do in your life. In other words, you agree with him. The miracle he wants to do in your life, you agree with him. We, let, let's take that right now to the, to the Lord in faith. The Lord said, this is how you get miracles. Ask and knock and, and seek. And, and, and he promised that all of us who ask would, would, would be answered and all of us who seek would find. Let, so let, let's just agree with him right now. Lord, we thank you that you, you showed us something you want to do in our lives this morning. And we want to receive it, Lord, in the full measure that you desire to give it, which is even beyond what we knew to ask, Lord. But Lord, I, we, we accept the miracle of healing in our bodies, if that's what you spoke to us, of, of healing in our families, if that's what you spoke to us, Lord. The miracle that you spoke of that you want to do in our lives, open our minds to receive it, open our heart, open our, our soul to receive it, Lord. Put in us the, the, the will to receive it this morning and, and for that miracle to be the, the miracle I'm living in this very day that transforms my life, that in, inspires my faith to, to, to believe you every day for the miracles you want to do in my life and you want to do through my life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for speaking to us and doing extraordinary, miraculous things in our lives today. In Jesus' name. I just want to ask how many of you, the miracle that the Lord told you to do didn't just have to do with you, but it has a way of affecting other people too. Is it, is it true? Nod at me around the room. Those are the miracles that I see the Lord wanting to do in my life. A lot of times I'm wanting to do a miracle I'm the only one to ever know about. But the Lord's wanting to do miracles that will affect a lot of people. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Lord, we praise you. Lord, we worship you. We praise you and bless you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Ushers, would you come and let's, let's worship the Lord with the giving of our tithes and offering this morning. If the Lord's given you something to give, that's one miracle. And if you want to give, if you want to give, that's another miracle. Because our, our, we look after ourselves and we don't necessarily have a vision of the harvest. But when God miraculously sows those seeds in our heart. Something miraculous is happening that you want to give. Isn't that amazing? Lord, I pray you'll not only give us something to give and show us how to, how to give it with a cheerful spirit, but Lord, make us want to do it. I just pray that you would inspire us and motivate us by, by, by visions of the kingdom that you see that you would go and lay your life down. You would give your very life. And Lord, we, may, may we give according to how you reveal to us and you want to use us, we pray for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.
Amen. We don't have a pastor, a new pastor yet that I've heard anything about. So I'm going to keep praying and I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep believing God that he's called somebody and that our pulpit search committee is going to be led to that somebody and that God's going to make a miracle happen and bring you a spiritual leader to your, to your church family. I always, I just think in 10 year terms, Lord, for the next 10 years, bring somebody that's going to serve and, and labor among us and, and we're going to receive a, a, a pastor is a visionary. He, like, like Moses was the one who God spoke to and he revealed all the law. And it, it's, it's a vision that has to come from God and it's the pastor's role and responsibility to spend time in the presence of God and receive the, the, uh, the revelation of the vision God wants this local church to have. What, you know, th there is the Great Commission that applies to all the church, but how does he want that to be manifest in this community? That's the vision that God gives a pastor, and it's the responsibility of, of the pastor to be right on target and, and get that vision from God, and then cast that vision, share that vision, and, and, and tell, the, tell the people what God's called uh, this church to be and what the, God's called this church to do. And, uh, uh, and, then, but it's, and then it doesn't stop there. It's the responsibility of the congregation to mobilize, to, to absolutely be in unity around that vision, and we see to it that it happens. Amen. We put our hands to the plow. We, we put our hearts in that vision. And you know, whatever it, it's called, it's called to be. And, and you know, pastors hear from God, and then they, and they share the vision differently than other pastors. Every, every, everybody does it a little differently. But that's, that's, in essence, what God's doing when He brings a spiritual leader here. He wants that spiritual leader to lead. Don't be surprised when a spiritual leader comes and he leads. And, and lead, when they lead, that means that's, the, that's where we're going. That's what we're going to do. When, when I went to Spring Creek, uh, it was called Cathedral of the Hills when I went there as a pastor back in 1988. And the Lord uh, had put in my heart that the youth and children's ministries of this, in, in this community where I, where I put you now, are extremely critical. That's, that's what you've got to, you've got to capitalize on youth and children's ministries and, uh, and young adult ministries. But, but basically youth and children's ministries had to be extraordinary. And I asked, I just started casting that vision and some people thought that's all I cared about. That that's that that's what uh, you know. That's all he uh, that's all he's into is because I'd been a youth pastor for a, a few years of my ministry. But but it was it was that that God was using to bring the families that He wanted into our church that would that would cause a lot of growth that that have happened over the years. And uh, God God knew what He was doing. There was a lot of people in that town that didn't know uh, they. They had all the money they needed to, to raise kids, to give them everything they wanted, but they didn't know how to lead them spiritually. And, and that, that was left up to the church. It, it needs to be happening. And in, in, uh, you guys are godly people. You're, you're raising your ki kids to know the Lord in your home. That's the way it's supposed to be. But wherever it's not, the church has to have a vision for a ministry like uh, a youth ministry like uh, you, you've got right here that, that is helping kids that aren't a part of a church Get, 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 get a part of what God wants to be doing in their lives. Amen. And uh, that, 
that was part of the vision that God shared for me, shared with me and that, and that I shared with them when I became their pastor. But, but here's, here's the thing I want you to do when you pray today. I want you to pray fervently. I, I, you know, you know if, you, if you really want something, if you're really serious, if you're desperate for it, you're going to pray fervently. You're not going to pray passive prayers. You're not going to pray prayers that are, uh, uh, that, are, that are short and quiet. The more you want God to answer, the more you're going you're gonna to lift your voice to Him and you're going to pray, God, we want we to get and, and the reason I think it's necessary for us to pray in here instead of just praying when, when we're alone scattered out all over the community there's power in united prayer I, I really wanted you to reach out and, and hold hands with, with the people around you you know and kind of link together in unity and we quit doing that during COVID remember that we used to, we used to at the anything we wanted to we wanted to agree we'd, we'd join hands and and, and, uh, and then we, we got concerned about transmitting COVID or whatever. I'm, I'm not sure if it would make everybody, if, if, there, if there wouldn't be some among you who are uncomfortable if I ask you to do that. But I, I just want you to unite in prayer, whether you're holding hands, whether you get over close to each other and you can <laughs> kind of bump elbows or, or something. I just want you to know we're uniting in prayer. We are united. This is one prayer prayed by this many people. We, we are in agreement, Lord, that we are asking you for the leader you have chosen for us. We are asking for you to lead our pulpit committee to that leader and, and that you would that you speak to that leader's heart so when, when he's, he or she is determining the will of God for their life, they're going to know this is God's will. This is what I've called you to do. And this leader is going to be, be committed to the task. Yes, it takes a lot of work, a lot of heavy labor uh, to, to be the leader of a church family. But that, that leader will be willing to do it because God called him to do it. And he'll stay there until God tells him it's somewhere else that I've got you to, I want you to serve. So would you stand with me, please? We're just going to pray fervently together about this matter. I think it's, it's, it's worthy of some Sunday morning worship service. Amen. So, Lord, we lift up our voice. Lift up your voice with me this morning. Lift up your voice. Lord, we lift up our voice and cry out to you as a body of, uh, of people. We, we want this church to be exactly what you want it to be, accomplish what you want us to do. God, and that can't happen unless you send the leader you have chosen, that you have placed your hand on already, maybe have even already spoken to, Lord, but, but even if they've never heard at all about this church, Lord, I pray that you're preparing their heart and that you're leading our, our pulpit search committee, God, every single person on that committee, that they're, that they're listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit speak to them, and they're following you, God, and that they will come forth with a united decision, Lord, that they, they'll present to us and that we will agree, Lord, led by the Spirit of God, and there'll be a, a tremendous spirit of unity in this church family around the leader that you've called. And so, Lord, we, we, we pledge that when that leader comes, we'll get behind them. Lord, we, we, will, we will make them successful in accomplishing the vision that you've called them to give, Lord. What, whatever it, it means, whatever it takes of us, we will give it. We will do it. We, we will change whatever we need to change in our customs, Lord, but we will accomplish your will and your purpose to reach the lost in this community, to be a light, to be a, a fire in this community of the Holy Spirit. I praise you, Lord, for these people that are crying out this prayer with me this morning.
in Jesus' amazing name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Say these words with me. Amen. Say these words with me. The best is yet to come. I think, amen. God bless you. You can be seated now. Thanks. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> There's a water baptism service that Chasen and I are, are uh, planning for next Sunday morning. I think the Lord loves water baptism. One of the reasons I think he loves the Lord water baptism is because there's something in us that really loves watching water baptism. It's like we chalk up a win when somebody's baptized in water. It's, it's, a, it's the signal of, a, of an accomplishment. What, we're, what we want to do is, is people come to Christ. And so the more people we can baptize in water, the more we're just going to get to visit, visibly see what God is doing in the lives of our youth ministry, children's ministry, adult ministry, everything we're doing, Lord, and, and our personal evangelism and our, our sharing Christ uh, with people ourselves. All of that results in somewhere that new convert needs to be baptized in water. It doesn't have to be at our church, but it needs to be, he, he, that person needs to be following through on the Lord's instruction to be baptized in water. I hope every single one of you have been baptized in water if, you, if you're a, a Christ follower. And if you're not a Christ follower, I hope you'll become one this morning and that you'll get water baptized next Sunday morning. We'll give you a week to get ready for it. If you're not, if you're not already saved, but how many of you are already saved? Let me see your hands. Already, already know Christ. Everybody been baptized in water already? Everybody? And, and uh, if you haven't been, and you've just been thinking that it's, it's really an option. It's an optional. I don't see anywhere in Scripture it was made to be optional. He, he, he did it. And he, if anybody was optional, it was him because he didn't have any sin to be covered. But he said, let's do everything. He told John, let's do everything that we can to please the Lord, to, to, to do what the Lord wants us to do. And, and our attitude ought to be, yeah, it's going to be wet in there. <laughs> At least we're not having to break the ice to get in like some of you that were baptized in water. Heard stories about going out to the, to the creek or the river or the pond and breaking the ice so we could get in there and, whoo, that's wanting to be baptized really bad. That's obedience, isn't it? I, I, have a, I imagine you all have a heater in your, uh, and, and the water will be uh, comfortable. And uh, I've never seen anybody drown. Uh, I've, 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 I've lowered a couple in, in there that I, th I wasn't sure I was going to be able to, I had to get clear down <laughs> here to, to get the, I, I was a little scared at that moment. I got wet up to here trying to get them out of there. And, uh, but th there, there are no crises in that. It's, 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 something, it's not anything to be afraid of or skeptical of. It's, it's something you should be proud and excited to do for the Lord. If I've not been water baptist, I, I was baptized twice. I think they thought it didn't work the first time, so they insisted I do it again. I would do it. I would do it every Sunday if that's what the Lord wanted me to do, because I believe in and try to satisfy everything the Lord's called us to be. This beautiful chapter, the fourth chapter of John, is has an incredible, incredible event that took place when Jesus was doing his ministry. He uh, let, let me let me read you. Starting with verse number five, I'm reading the New Living Translation. Eventually, he, Jesus, came to the Samaritan village of Sychar near the field 
that Jacob gave his son Joseph. Of course, that was hundreds, if not thousands of years before that Jacob had given that field to Joseph, but the people of Israel knew that was the history of that place and that well. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily. He was human, wasn't he? He wouldn't say he was weary if he wasn't tired and weary. He wearily sat beside the well uh, about noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you, she could have said it like this, why are you breaking the rules? Why are you doing what is un, not customary? Why are you stepping across the, the line of propriety as, as it has been practiced? I, I don't think that she was offended that he has because it was probably more the Jewish idea of, uh, that had built that, that partisan or that biased attitude. But she, she was wanting to know, why, why are you asking me for a drink? Look what Jesus said. In whatever translation you have, look what Jesus said. The New Living Translation says it like this. If you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. I ask you for a drink from the well but I've actually got something a lot greater than that. A lot greater than water that just satisfies a thirst in our physical body. I've got living water to give you and I, and I want to give it to you. Those words inspire me. If you only knew, just, just those four words, if you only knew. I thought back a lot of times in my life what was going on and the Lord was probably wanting to say to me, if you only knew, if you only, if you only knew that, that I'm big enough to rescue from, you from that, if you only knew that my will is not for you to be a slave to me, I want you to be free to be in relationship with me and love me with all your heart. If you only knew that the, the plans I have for you, if, if you only knew how able to provide for you I am, if you only knew, a lot of times we are like this Samaritan woman stuck in a, in a place of, we know a lot, as, as we'll see as we read on, we, we, she knew a lot, but she didn't know the right stuff. As far as the right stuff, what she needed to know, she was blank. Evidently, she had never been taught. She had been taught that the Messiah was going to come, but, but she, she probably never, never realized that there was a possibility in the midst of all her struggling, her, her difficult life, uh, that, that Jesus calls out prophetically to her by a gift of the Spirit. Uh, she... she 
probably knew she needed something, but she didn't know it was available. Where do you get it? How do you get help from God? But Jesus spoke prophetically to her with these words, if you only knew the gift God has for you, if you only knew who it was that was talking to you, who, who's speaking these words to you, you would ask me and I would give you living water. Oh, thank you for those words, Lord. Thank you for those words. But, sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said. She, she's all, all tied up in, in uh, logistics, Th things that are, that are not of a spiritual nature. That's what she was stuck in. You, you don't have a rope or a bucket, and this well is very deep. And all she's responding to is, he said, I'd give you living water. Well, how are you going to get that? You don't have a rope. You don't have a bucket. Where would you get this living water? Besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave, this, gave us this well? She's, she's there, there she goes into some spiritual matters. You, you, you think you have something more than they? Like you've got water better than this somewhere? I'd like to know about that. And uh, how can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Jesus loved to talk about eternal life. That's different than the life most people know. They, they don't think of, of life as being something they're going to get to enjoy eternally. In fact, Though that, that is awakened in you when you meet Christ as your Savior. When, when, you, when you realize that He has changed the game completely, you're, you're not going to lay in a grave for, forever. Your body's not going to die, and you, the rest of you dies with it. No, that's not going to happen. You're, you've been given in a relationship with God eternal life. Eternal life. And this... This salvation, really, if you summed up, what, what, what were you thinking, Jesus, when you said, if you only knew the gift God has for you, what, what, what's he talking about? What gift? What gift? Well, we, we would probably call it salvation. We'd call it being born again or, or, or your soul being made alive from being dead in, dead in trespasses and sins, but now you're made alive by the, by the work of God in your heart. That's, that's probably what what we, we think he was talking about, but what about all the other gifts that he has to give you? Think about all the other gifts, all the, the gift of guiding your life. I remember when I was an 18-year-old and I had to know which, which way I was going. I had, I had, it was time for me to go prepare myself to make a living for my family for the rest of my life. And I, 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 I had already felt the call of God in my heart, so I made the decision as I was graduating high school, that's the direction I'm going. I'm going to Bible college and pursue this call and try to find out what God's called me to do, get equipped for it. And, and I'm glad that God was there to speak to me in the middle of the night one night. He, he told me to go to Southwestern and, 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 to, and to check it out, to go and, and visit Southwestern. I decided to go the next morning. I went and I, I got my dad, I woke my dad up in the middle of the night and told him, kind of like Samuel going to Eli, I, I told my dad, I said, I, I just heard from the Lord, he wants me to go to Southwestern, he wants me to go to check out the school at Waxahachie that, where Bob Byers went to college, and that, that's how I'd heard about it. And, uh, I, and, and dad said, 
that's good. Let's talk about it in the morning. And uh, so I did. I, I don't know if I slept a, a little between then and not, but early in the morning I was up and I wasn't, I called my boss and said, I'm not coming to work. I, I, that wasn't a good idea. But I said, I, I, I wasn't, there wasn't anything to, anything that could compare with God telling me what to do with my future. God, what, what a gift God has for you. He will guide your life. Well, what about the gift that he will make all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose? Could, couldn't we just go on and on and on and on and on with the gifts that Jesus was talking about? I, I, but every one of those gifts are dependent upon if you turn your life over to Christ. If you receive that gift of salvation, if you let what he did on the cross rescue you from your sin. You can't fight your way out of sin. You can't unguilt yourself out of sin. You can't do anything about your sin problem except, uh, like it was said, or like, like I believe it was Jason that said a while ago, that, that it's all, it's all got to be what Jesus did on the cross. But that one miracle, that one gift opens up a package of, of gifts that I don't think we've even begun to discover all of them. We, we've discovered some of them, but, but there's a lot of them still to come throughout eternity. We're, we're going to be finding out things that we didn't know. But he, he, here's what he said. If you only knew, if you only knew that gift, you would act on it. You would do something about it. Because there's so much to be received from the Lord if, in fact, you, you have the faith to believe it. I'm going to continue reading the, the sermon or the, uh, the notes of the, the uh, Scripture. I want to get the whole story in your head, and I think I'm a, I can take time to do this. Because I, I, I quit reading on verse 14. Now I want to go to uh, 15. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Boy, that's a great response. I, I'll never, then I'll never be thirsty again. Then she went back to the physical, and I won't have to come here to get water anymore. So she's, she's doing the best she can to take this leap of faith, but at the same time, she's still living in this, in this uh, ordinary world. And so Jesus used the, the gift of, of uh, the word of knowledge, and he said, go and get your husband. Jesus told her, I don't have a husband, she said. Yet Jesus said, you're right. And I don't think he was being impolite with this. I don't think he was trying to, to scandalize her at all. He just, it was a prophetic gift to, to awaken faith in her, to make her realize that he really did have living water to give her, that he really did have something that would contribute to her life if she would open up to receive it. And, and, and he said, uh, she, he, he, his words, Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband for you have had five husbands and you aren't even married to the uh, man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth, Jesus told her, because she said, I don't have a husband. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. <laughs> now she's on, on, on. Now she's on track. Now, now she's understanding. She's not just talking to to somebody who was thirsty. Uh, he said, "You must be a prophet." So tell me, why is it you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship? While we Samaritans claim it's here at, at Mount Gerizim, where our ancestors worshipped. Because she she she's all tangled up in the difference between Samaritans and Jews. And, and now that she's got some prophet that can answer that, that's where she goes. Let, let's work on that stuff. And you know what? That's really not what 
that's not where they needed to go. The Lord would steer it back in the direction where, where it needed to go. Jesus replied, believe me, dear woman, the time is coming. It will no longer matter whether you worship the Father in this mountain, on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans, Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But the, boy, that's a powerful line there, and it's absolutely true. Salvation, all of our salvation comes through a, the God forming the, the Jewish nation through Abraham and his descendants and, and everything that he did all through the Old Testament to build the kingdom of, the, uh, of Israel. And uh, it, salvation comes to us through the Jews. But the time is coming, indeed it's here now, where true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship Him in that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said, I know that the Messiah is coming. The one is called Christ. And when He comes, He'll explain everything to Him, uh, to us. And Jesus said to her, I am the Messiah. Wow. Wow. He, he gave her a big advantage over what a lot of people had they had to discern that he was the Messiah. They, they had to see it in his miracles. But he was speaking so clearly. There, there was times that he told his disciples, don't go out and tell them even about the miracles because people, uh, uh, people were taking it and, and doing wrong things with it. But, but he told her clearly, I am the Messiah. And just then his disciples came back and they were shocked to find him talking to a woman. But none of them had, had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her? Or why are you talking to her? Uh, the, uh, the woman left her water jar beside the well. That shows how absorbed she was in the conversation with Jesus. She walked away and left her water bottle there. And, and, and she said that she ran back to the village telling everyone, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So people came streaming from the village to see him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. And Jesus replied, I have some food. I, I have a kind of food you don't know anything about. But, but I'm, I'm rambling now instead of reading the scripture. Did someone bring him food while we were gone? The disciples asked each other. Then Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. You know the saying, four months between planting and harvest, but I say wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. The harvesters are paid good wages. The fruit they harvest is, is, is people through, brought to eternal life. What joy awaits the planter and the harvester alike. You know the saying, one plants, another harvest, and it's true. I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. Others have already done the work, and now you must go and gather the harvest. The Lord talks to us about the mission of the church right there. That's the mission of the church. Exactly what he described, to be harvesters, to be, to be planting seed and, and allowing the Spirit of God to nurture that seed. And, and we reap the harvest exactly as he said. The fruit they harvest is people. The fruit the church harvests is people. It's not anything else but people. There, there's, the church can become about a whole lot of things, but the Lord would have us to keep on track. The church is about reaching people with the good news, just like he was this woman. He was breaking into a conversation that she thought was, was not customary and at first wasn't comfortable with, but she became very comfortable with it when she, she knew the purity of Jesus' motives. And he would do, he'll do, use us the same way. If it's, if it's awkward for somebody to be beginning a conversation with you, by the time they find out that your interest and your concern and your passion is only to offer them the gift that God has for them and the hope that they 
can have. I just want to be sure you knew the truth, that you, you knew you can call on God and God will answer you, that God really loves you. And he has, he has a plan for your life. What a gift that God has a plan for everybody's life. Well, I, and, and people are, are going to be just stuck like she was, stuck in the, all these arguments or questions that she had, all this, uh, all this other information. They'll be stuck in that. But if you just stick, let the Holy Spirit lead you, just like Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit, you'll be able to, to, to get past all of that, 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 uh, that stuff that's in the way. And the conversation will, will find its way into their heart. And the, the conversation will, will, will bring a, a, an opening to the Holy Spirit to speak to them and give them clarity about their decision. That, that's, that's our mission as a church, that, that we, we are, we're in the business, we're in the people business, we're in the redemption business with Jesus. He, he's still doing what he was doing that day. Now he's just doing it through us. We've all got relationships. We've all got friends and and family and co-workers and whoever else, people that, that, that really have learned to trust us over the years. They respect us as being people that are, that, that are not just um, people of the world. There's something different about us. They might think it, they, they might summarize it with the word religion, but it, it's really a whole lot more than religion. It's relationship. It's, it's the, the love of God living in us, the love of God flowing through us. That's why we love people. That's why we care about them. And, and the Lord will, he gave us this message. Why, why did he go through Samaria? You know, because the scripture says that, uh, that he, he, he said, I have, I need to go through Samaria. So to, to go through Samaria was a, um, was uh, shorter actually to, to the, if you're going back up to Galilee, which is 70 miles north, the, the shorter path would be through Samaria, but most of the times the Jews avoided it, went over to the Jordan River and went up that way and then back into, but it, was, took, it took two days longer to get there that way. But Jesus said, I, he was going to break custom. I, I, I've got to go through Samaria. There, why, why did he go there? I think he went for two reasons. I think he went for the, the, the woman that he talked to. I think he knew he had a divine appointment there. I think he didn't know who she was or even what he was going to say. He just was led by the Holy Spirit to be there. And, and, and the first reason he went there was for her, for her life to be changed. We'll get to meet her when we get to heaven. We'll get to see her. We'll get to, we'll get to talk to her and about this conversation. And, and I bet you she'll be, she'll be just excited to share it with us then as she has been everybody since. But I believe there was another reason. All those other people she went to town and got. And, talk, and told them, hey, come meet a person who told me everything about my life. Well, he only, he only told a few things about her life, but she knew that he must know the rest. The Holy Spirit does know the rest, but, but she knew he wasn't mean with it, that he was loving with it, and, and that he, he really had come to, to give her the gift of God, the gift of God of eternal life, the gift of God that, that would open up this package, uh, that uh, maybe they would just open up this door. It, it couldn't all be put in a package. It, it's a whole nother world. It's a world that's unavailable to us until you come into union with God through Jesus Christ, your Lord. That's when the gifts of God begin to uh, uh, open up in your life. And he, he went through Samaria for, on, in behalf of all those other people in Samaria that they stayed a few more days uh, preaching to and talking to and, and, and helping them have eternal life in a Samaritan village. It's absolutely a, a great story, but I think it was also a lesson to the church. This is how easy it is. Just let the Holy Spirit lead you. Let the Holy Spirit guide you. I love that Jesus didn't let her... Um, her uh, 
the, the norms of her being a, a woman that usually Jewish people wouldn't speak to, Jewish men wouldn't speak to. I'm glad, he, I'm glad he didn't let that stop him, aren't you? I don't think he ever thought about that stopping him. And really, we, we can use that thought to just realize that, hey, if the Holy Spirit wanted to use him in a situation that seemed to be uh, outside the lines of propriety or something, you let the Holy Spirit govern that. God, as long as you're, you're letting the Holy Spirit guide you, he, he, will, he will help you share with somebody that the, the devil would have liked to have told Jesus it's impossible for you to talk to her because of these customs, because of this, the way it is. But Jesus doesn't listen to the devil, and we shouldn't either. Amen? We shouldn't let the devil interfere in God's business. God's big enough. If there's somebody that you, you've wanted to talk to, but you thought, man, I just can't figure out how to do it, let the Lord give you the miracle of just showing you how to, how to let love flow through you. I was in a, a, some services with a minister who was preaching about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the, and the way the Holy Spirit works in our life. And he said something that, that meant so much to me when I heard it. He said, every gift of the Spirit that operates in your life is going to lead that person that that is, the, is, is receiving what, what the Holy Spirit was doing through you, it's going to lead them into God's love. They're, they're going to be immersed in a love they've never known. That, that, that's why right in the middle of, 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 of 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians 14, which are the two chapters of the Bible that talk most about the gifts of the Spirit flowing through us, right in the middle of it is the love chapter. And we almost think that, that he just took a break from the subject of the gifts of the Spirit. Well, it's, it's, it's like the Oreo. How, how can that not be a part of, uh, if it's right in the middle, it's, it's the most important part. It's the love of God. He said, it, and, and then he mentions all the gifts of the Spirit in, in there too. He said, if, if I have the uh, uh, tongues of men and angels, talk about speaking in tongues or giving messages in tongues or all, all these things, that, that, that's part of the gifts of the Spirit. He said, but if you do that and you don't have any love, you're a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. It's all about love. It's all about the Holy Spirit using us to introduce somebody to the love of God. You'll never experience anything like the love of God in this world. There's nothing to compare with it in this world. We think we know all about love and write songs about love. Let me tell you, the love of God is where love is. The love that he would lay down his life for us. The love that he would go and prepare a place for us. And he would, he, he would make a place that he's looking forward to us being with him forever and forever and forever. I, I'd say that's worth getting in an uncomfortable, uncomfortable conversation about to see if God is using you to just open up a door. Open up a door of faith. And she was certainly willing. She, was, she, uh, she didn't know what she was going to get that day, but she went home uh, and, and probably spent the rest of her life a, a totally different life than she had. Uh, she probably went home and moved out <laughs> and said, you've got one choice. We get married or I'm moving out. Because the Lord had put, he had put wisdom in her heart. Um, and, and you know, the Lord spoke to her about her past, but he didn't let it get in the way. He, he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't tell her, you're, you, you've sinned too much. You, you're, you're, you're just not a candidate. He offered... He offered her the same gift of God that, that he offered Nicodemus in the third chapter, in the chapter just before. Nicodemus was a Pharisee. He was watching out for holiness in his life. He was, 
He was trying to be, uh, obey every law of God. He thought that was the way you, you, you get to God. And, uh, and so, so, he, so he may look like a righteous man. He was just as unrighteous as anybody else. And God opened up the, offered him the same gift that he offered this woman. He didn't, didn't let her past change that at all. Isn't that interesting? That, that you, in one chapter, you've got him going to a leader of the Pharisees, and, and Nicodemus was saved just like her. He wouldn't have stood up for Jesus when he, uh, at the crucifixion and his burial if he hadn't, he hadn't been converted to Christ. Nicodemus was one of those Pharisees that chose to believe. Uh, here's what, what inspires me, is that the Lord really cares if you are missing what God has for you. When he said, if, you're, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who I am, he, he sees a person who is stuck in all those arguments that are going on in their head, why they can't come in here and join us and get what we've, we're getting, or they can't step into one of the other churches in the, in the community that's preaching the gospel. They, they just, they, they're stuck in all these arguments. And, and uh, the reality is that the Lord sees them like a potentially a son or daughter that is forfeiting all of their parents' love, all of their parents' provision and care for them. And can, can you imagine uh, you, you just, at, at, at a certain age, you, you get separated from your parents and, and you don't get to enjoy anything that they provided for you. I guess it happens to some people, but that, that's, that's, what the, that's what the way the Lord saw her. You, you, you can be a daughter. You, you can experience everything that God has for anybody else. It's for you too. And, and that's why he cried out to her, if you only knew. He just spoke those words, if you only knew, if you only knew. Uh, Jesus cares if you're deceived by a lie that's keeping you from knowing God and knowing the gift that he has for you and who he is. He said, if you just knew the gift God has for you and who it is that's speaking to you. He didn't want lies. Let me tell you, the, there are nations of the world. Take India, for instance. Uh, that it's, it's very rare to find Christ-worshiping Christians in India because in the past, people who had, had the voice to do it, they were in leadership positions to do it, they tried to teach the whole nation, Jesus is not who he said he was. Jesus is a fake. Jesus is a... And, you know, that, that's what they've told their nation. And they've raised generations believing that lie. And they perpetuate that lie. And their blood, the blood of those thousands, millions of people is on the hands of those who, who, who worshiped idols. And G Jesus, or God said that all the, the gods of the nations are idols. They're not gods. There is no other God but God. God there's only one God. The big G, the capital G God. But there are, there are this word gods. I was in, uh, in, in uh, Bangladesh. No, not Bangladesh. This was in uh, Bangkok, Thailand. I could not believe my eyes. This is a, this is a very modern city. And, uh, but about every two blocks, I'll say, there was a shrine to some, uh, some God to be worshipped. 
that, that there would be a reading there. You could read what this God is, and maybe this God takes care of harvest, or this God uh, provides water, or and, and they they've, uh, this this imaginary false God religion that they've got there uh, is is leading people astray with all these lies. And people would come in the, in the droves and, and buy flowers and buy incense and buy food and lay it down at the feet of these gods. And, and, and they would, and, and they, right there on the street, right, right on the street. And these, I guess either they were made out of gold or they were painted like they were made out of gold. I don't know. But they, they were everywhere. You could just see them everywhere. I, I saw one of them and this god was sitting on a uh, 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 kind of a throne or something. And he had a pitchfork in his hand. And I happened to be riding a uh, trans, well, kind of like a subway that was above the ground, you know, it's kind of a train that was on an on a elevated track. When I saw that and I thought, better be careful, Deborah, you're kind of giving yourself away on that one. <laughs> I think that was the words that, that this uh, arose in my heart. Because I know all these gods are just fake gods. To, to perpetuate the lies. Satan wants to fill people with lies. Everybody that you know that doesn't know Christ, that the, the enemy's just wanting to fill their, their lives with lies. But you know what God wants? God wants them to know the gift he has for them. God wants to know he has a gift of forgiveness to give them. He has a, he has a gift of long-suffering and patience. He, ha, he has a yoke that is easy and a burden that is light. People have been telling them it's impossible. You, you could never enjoy being a Christian. You, you, you're, you're an evil person. You, you could never live like that. You'd, you'd just be a bigger hypocrite than the people that are already there. All these lies, what Satan tries to fill people's minds with just to keep them from knowing the truth. The truth is God loves you just like he loved that woman. He loved her. He loved her and as, as God loved her. And he, he spoke to, into her life. And she became a recipient that day of the gift of God. And she's been opening gifts every day since then. Every day, every day that you wake up and you're a child of God, you got a brand new gift to, to celebrate. You got another day to live in the glory of God and live in the relationship with God and in the love of God and the provision of God. Well, I think I think what we were what we were doing earlier in the service when when I told you to ask the Lord what miracle do you want to do? What, what miracle do you want me to ask you for? I think we need to do that more often. Because we, we go with our litany of, of requests and we've got urgent things that we want to take to the Lord. But we need to take time and say, what miracle are you wanting to do? Maybe he's got a gift we don't know anything about. We don't know to ask for. And we, we really need to train ourselves to listen. Listen to the voice of our Savior. Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. If you're, if you're not comfortable with trusting yourself to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, that's just one of the lies the devil's trying to get over on you. you it is okay. You, you, Jesus said in John the 10th chapter, he said, my sheep know my voice. I, I, I have spent my life being led by, by his voice speaking to me. And yes, sometimes, sometimes I, I wonder, was that me? Did I think of that or did he think of that? Which one was it? And I just go to him and say, Lord, I just need you to clarify if that's what you told me, if that's what you told me. And sometimes it, it was, but, but I could, the Lord will give you the ability to discern when it's, the, when it's some other voice, maybe some devil trying to speak to you or something, but 
God, God will identify himself. God will verify to you. God will make you comfortable. Do not, do not stand back and, and be unwilling to hear the voice of God. You've got to hear the voice of God. You've got, I, I think, I, I did this experiment one time. I told these, I, I, I wanted to know if, if do people, both the ones I pastor and, and everybody else, I, I wanted to know if people uh, uh, ask, if they believe God, he, talks to people. And every, I ask a few people, I, 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 people that may, maybe uh, uh, were just, th that I didn't know at all, and, and others that I did know. And, uh, and every single one of them thought, thought about the question, because the question was this, do you believe God talks to people? That, that he talks to everybody? That you believe God talks to everybody? And every person I asked said yes. I, they do believe God talks to everybody. What about in here? Do you believe God talks to everybody? How many of you think God talks to everybody? God was talking to me when I was a kid. He, I, I don't know that I knew that was God, but I know that God was talking to me from the very beginning of my life, wanting me to, wanting me to turn from sin and turn to God. I was in Assembly of God Church right over, well, when I, when I was six years old, over to Hilton from there, there to the 12th grade. But uh, before that, it was in Cushing. But I, I was raised in a godly home, and, and I, I had every advantage. But what if somebody wasn't? God still speaks to them. God still tries to, but they need some encouragement from somebody encouraging them. Yes, that was God. Yes, that was God telling you that He loves you and He cares about you. And that was God telling you that He's got better plans for you than what you're experiencing right now. And yes, that was God telling you, I could get you off of this, this habit and this addiction that's, that's got control of your life. The same one that said to her, uh, um, uh, what was it He said? Remember, remember those words? If you only knew, the same one that said to her, if you only knew the gift God has for you, would, is speaking that to people's hearts all around the world. If they will listen. I, I told you, I don't know if it was on Sunday morning or Sunday night about a, about a guy. It was a, he was a medical student in another country where it was against the law to, to, to be, be a Christian. For, for the people who were raised there, they, were, they were, had to be the, the occupied, live by the state religion. But he, he, all of a sudden one day, because God had been speaking to him. God had been trying to reveal himself to him and saying that, that you've, been, you've, been, you've been lied to. And, and so he looked up at God and he said, and this is while he's a, a medical student in college, early, early in college, he said, if you don't show me the truth, you can't punish me. You can't uh, ju judge me. If you don't show me the truth, you can't judge me. And the Lord showed him the truth by put, putting, within a couple of days, a Bible in his hands, in his language, which he wasn't supposed to read, but he opened it up. After he got home, he opened it up and, and read two or three verses, he said, from, from the book of Proverbs. And in two or three verses from the book of Proverbs, he, he said, he looked up and said, somebody's lied to me. They told him that the Bible was corrupted. He could sense the fingerprints of God and the voice of God in just two or three words uh, two or three verses from Proverbs. Look how much more he had to read. And he read and he devoured and he met Christ as his Savior. Uh, that, and that, that's just proof that, that God's speaking and he's willing to talk to anybody, anywhere, in any language. He, he, you don't have to, he doesn't have to learn a different language. He can speak their language no matter what it is. Amen? Whew. I'm glad God used the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit to reach her. That's what the Holy Spirit is is here with us to do so that he enables us to be his witnesses into, in Judea and Samaria and, 
and the uttermost parts of the earth. And I, and I love that her salvation resulted in many in that city being saved as well. God, how can we have the revelation of, of all the gifts you have for us? I'm wondering if you would be willing. I should say it a different way. I think the Holy Spirit wants to know if you are willing for God to show you the gifts he has for you. She had, she had to be willing or she would have just been another one who heard Jesus but didn't do what he said. A lot of people heard Jesus and didn't do what he said. But she did what he said. She believed. She believed he was the Messiah. She put her faith in him. And God, the Spirit of God, spoke to her and, and, and showed her the gift God has for her. You've got to be willing for God to show you what the gift he has for you. If you're unsaved, if, you're, if you've never committed your life to Christ or you've just walked away from your relationship with God and, and you know that God would take you back in a moment, you've got to choose to be willing. You've got to choose to be willing for him to show you the love that is greater than you can ever describe with words. The love that will embrace you and forgive you and cleanse you and change your heart and change your future eternally. Eternally. Eternal life. It's your willingness. If you're already a Christian, are you willing for God to show you things that you've really been uninterested in knowing because you were satisfied where you were? What if God's got greater things to show you? Are you willing to say, Lord, I'm willing for you to show me the gifts you have for me, the gifts you have for me, the gifts you have for me, the gift of God and who it is that was saying that. Reveal yourself to me, Lord. I want you to stand with me, please. And this is the altar call. So if you can keep from slipping out during this, give me just a minute to see what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Just in reverence to the Holy Spirit, Lord, we ask that every one of our hearts would, would give you our attention, that we would open our spiritual ears and let you speak to us right now. Let you speak to us, Lord, about your love, about your grace and, and your desire and your will for our lives. If some of us listen, may, maybe we're worried that you're going to take us in a whole different direction with our life. Help us know that you're not going to lead us anywhere that's not the best possible place for us to be, the best possible life for us to have. Help us to trust you, Lord, enough to say yes, yes, yes. Show me the gift. Show me your will. Show me, Lord, what, what, who you really are. and Help me know you and trust you and follow you and experience everything you will for my life. With your head still bowed, I just want you to raise your hand if, in fact, you're, you're saying to the Lord, I am willing. I am willing. This is a personal response between you and the Lord. I'm not possibly going to know who raised their hand and who didn't. That, 
That's not what this is for. It's between you and God to say, Lord, I believe there's some things that you want to reveal to my heart that, that I, I haven't opened my heart to receive. I, I, I'm willing right now, I'm choosing to be willing to say, God, show me the gifts. Show me what you have for me. Show me the will of God. Show me your plan. Show me your purpose. Show me how you want to use me, Lord. Show me. I pray that you'll be, that, that, that I'll, I'll be listening and I'll be completely obedient when you show me. But God, I'm willing for you to speak to my heart. I want your hand to go up high in the sky between you and the Lord. It's between you. My eyes are closed, so this is totally and completely between you and the Lord. Between you and Jesus. Jesus is speaking to your heart, and that's why you're willing. Lord, may the transformation be as great in us as it was in the Apostle Paul when you showed him your gifts. Lord, take our life that is, that, that, it, that is kind of uh, just, uh, it's got its certain habits, its certain routines that, that we're just kind of caught up in. Lord, take our lives and help us to give you undivided attention. And God, I pray that we'd be willing to pray earnestly as, as you show us, you show us the gift you have for us. What you want to open up in our lives. What you want to show us, Lord, is the will of God and the plan and purpose of God. Lord, I pray that we'll be willing today and that we'll be willing tomorrow and that we'll continue to seek you every day the rest of our life. May we live with an open heart listening. Lord, I pray for anybody who's having a, a difficult time discerning your voice. May they hear your voice this very day. And may they know in their heart that was your love speaking to them. That was your voice. And they don't want to ignore it. And they want to welcome it, Lord. They want to welcome your wonderful, wonderful voice that will show us the truth and untangle the lies. It'll get us out of the train wreck of the chains that those lies have had around our life. Your voice will set us free, Lord. May we welcome the gift of hearing your voice. May we welcome, Lord, being led by the Spirit of God. May we welcome, oh God, being completely available to you, completely like we sang this morning in the songs, we sang completely under your control, Lord. Your will, your will, your plan, just like it was for the woman at the well. In Jesus' amazing and wonderful name, amen, amen. Amen, amen. I hope, I hope that the, the time that I was praying right then, you were praying your own words. I, this is not, you know, a, a priest that does this for you. It's you do it personally with the Lord. Let's do this again. Just put your hands up or open as if the Lord, as if the, you're, you're wanting him to give you something. Lord, I'm willing to receive. <laughs> it's all going to be good news. I'm willing to receive the gospel, the good news of your purpose and plan. My heart is open. I want to continue listening. I want to continue with them. a receptive spirit, a hungry, hungry and thirst for righteousness, Lord. You promised we'd be filled. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name.
Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Are you playing It Is No Secret? You can. Julie or somebody with a good singing voice, could you lead that? It is no secret what God can do. Do you know that one, Julie? I kind of figured you might. Why don't we sing, why don't we just sing that together and dismiss them? And if you, if there's a rush that you need to go, you could go ahead and consider yourself dismissed, but this is our dismissal to sing this song together. I shouldn't do this to musicians. They come to me later and they say, I'd like to choke you. Here we go. What he's done for others. Righteous matter to God. That's the topic for the sermon tonight. Six o'clock. Praise the Lord. I'm gonna sit down.